Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Are you well this morning? Are you very well this morning? Ah, oh, that's awesome. We've got a special occasion this morning. You saw the, the advert going on during the announcements that ENLI is starting on. And uh, the Word of God really tells us that there is a way to prosper and succeed in your walk with God. And that key is to be planted by the rivers and not in the desert. And the way that you plant yourself in the rivers is by meditating in the Word of God. How much? Day and night. So ENLI gives you the ability to be able to be in the Word of God and not be an illiterate Christian, but really get to know the Word of God. And also, as a church, we believe in every believer a minister. Tell your neighbor, every believer a minister. So you are going to Kenya. Tell your neighbor, you are going to Kenya. <laughs> right? It's not just the, the, the leaders and the pastors. Every disciple is called to make disciples. Amen? And the Bible school is uniquely positioned to be able to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So this morning, we've got the great uh, privilege to be able to set in the dean of our Bible school who will oversee the curriculum and make sure that the students are, are doing what they're supposed to be doing and being equipped. And that dean is Bronwyn um, Fries. Bronwyn Fries. So just give her a round of applause together with her husband, China. And... Ronwin has gone through our Bible school. They've been with us for many years. They just came back from the USA and uh, also doing some training there. And so we are very excited about what God's going to do. They've been traveling around the world also with missions, Mexico, Morocco, different places. They've got amazing testimonies right there. <laughs> and yeah. And so God is, God is really busy as a model in our midst, you know, to have somebody that we can follow. So this morning, I'd like to ask the elders to come up. Um, we're just going to lay hands on them with some oil. And uh, the oil is very symbolic of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, whenever people were set into roles or anointed for a specific role, oil was used. And so um, we don't particularly say that there's anything in the oil, but there's something in our faith and in our hearts so that no one comes to steal the oil after the service <laughs> or something like that. It's not for sale or anything like that. Amen. So, so yeah, just stretch forth your hands to them. We believe that as we lay hands on, on them, all the grace and the favor necessary to discharge this role, the wisdom of God will begin to operate on them. Very actively. Father, in the name of Jesus, O creator of heaven and earth, Lord, we call upon your name this morning, Lord God, and recognizing what is in the life of Bronwyn and China, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you've set them in this morning, Father, to lead the Bible school, Father, to take the charge in equipping believers to be ministers. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for the requisite wisdom, Lord, 
We pray in the name of Jesus for faith in their hearts, Lord God. We pray for the conviction to teach and train, Lord God. We pray for the ability, Father God, to administrate in such a way that everyone that comes through the Bible school will mature, Father God. That they'll begin to enter into your calling and destiny and purpose in their lives, Lord. So we pray and we lay hands on them, Father, this morning, Lord God. Declaring, Father God, that you will use them in this year, Lord, as they fulfill your purpose and your call in Jesus' name. Yes, Father God, we thank you for we know that the deposits that you have put into Bronwyn, Father God, is paying off. And these deposits, Father God, will be seen in the lives of the students this year going forward. In the name of Jesus, we have no doubt in the capacity that she carries. Father, she is uh, humongous on the inside. And we know, Father God, that uh, wisdom comes from you. And the wisdom that she needs, Father God, to direct the affairs of the studies of the students, Father God, concerning your kingdom this year, Father, comes from you. So we pray, O oh Father, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, everything that she requires, she's going to resource from you. We pray for Chinaville as well, O oh God, as they stand in together, Lord God, that they are a force, that, Lord, is going to wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness, Father God. It's not light that they, they, they carry in these. We know that it is heavy. But, oh God, their shoulders are broader and wider and bigger and stronger. For you strengthen them. For you carry them. In the name of Jesus, we have no doubt, God, of what you have in store for us this year, for the students this year. Because, Lord, you have set them on a path, the path that is clear, a path that is uh, wider for them to walk in, Father, without stumbling. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Let's just give the Lord a round of applause again. Awesome. Right, so it is, it is so important that you take responsibility for your spiritual growth. For many of us in Namibia, statistically, it's apparently a Christian nation. And that implies that many of us were born in church. Just look at your neighbor and say, born in church. And we know some of the scriptures, we know some of the songs. But how many of you understand that heaven is not just for churchgoers. It's for those who are born of God. Amen. And the Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. It's not just those who come to church on Sunday and attend, but those that begin to apply the Word of God. And we've been going through the past couple of weeks through our series of Great Faith. And this morning we are continuing with our Great Faith series on the, on the subject of Moses. How to maintain great faith when the promises of God seem impossible. Now faith is something that the Bible says... Without it, it's impossible to please God. So if you succeed in being faithful or you're very religious, but your faith is little, you're missing the point. What you need to do is you need to excel in the area of faith. If you can excel in the area of faith, the rest of your walk with God should work itself out. And we've seen from the beginning that many believers have an up and down life. 
back and forward life, especially in their relationship with God. They wouldn't be able to point to their past and say that there I was three years in the Lord, sort of like an infant in the Lord, and now I'm mature in the things of God, and it's been five years. Many have gone back in the things of God. Many have immatured, if there is such a thing, in the things of God. And God's plan is for you to be equipped. That word equipped there, when it says he has given the pastors, the teachers, the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists to equip the saints for the work of ministry, it means so that you mature. So that you are prepared for battle, so to speak. It is almost like the armor of a soldier is being placed on completely so that when they go out and face the battle, they are fully mature. And most of the time, we have a, a, a very infantile, very baby relationship with God. And our baby relationship with God makes us feel like, yeah, God is my daddy and I'm just his little child. But God does not want you to remain his little child. Let me say that again. God does not want you to remain his little child. God wants you to, be, uh, to become a son, a mature son and daughter. And in order for that to happen, you can't be passive. You can't just, it won't happen just like you grow naturally. If you just leave a baby there, you just feed them, they will probably die if you don't take care of them. Spiritually speaking, if you are not fed with the word of God, if you are not built up with the word of God, you will die spiritually. And most of the time, the enemy will come and say, no, this salvation, this born-again thing, this church thing is not for you. It's not that it's not for you. It's that you haven't been raised to grow. Amen? So this morning, when you have an opportunity to sit under the teaching of the Word of God and to be taught the Word of God, it is an opportunity to go from one level to the next. You don't want to get distracted. You don't want anything to rob you of that. Why? Because faith will be the doorway for every miracle in your life. Amen? And so this morning we're going to be looking at the life of Moses. But just tracking back, the first week we looked at the Hebrew believers. We looked at the Hebrew believers and we saw about the importance of not drawing back. We looked at it. And the, the theme was how to maintain faith when the pressures against you are mounting on every side. When persecution comes against you, and I'm telling you it's coming, all right? It won't be as popular to be a Christian down the line. Choose you today whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? For many of us coming to church, being involved with prayer and fasting and all of that, it's like based on convenience, it shows your maturity level. It shows your maturity level. It is like someone who is 12 years old having a baby. Problem. It is like a 12-year-old young boy getting married. Problem. Especially for that wife and for the children. But God wants you to mature so that your walk with God is not back and forth. Now you are committed, now you are not committed, now you are there, now you are not there. And everything in your life is based on your wish list to God. As if God exists for you. 
Tell your neighbor, you exist for God. Grow up. The next week we looked at Enoch and how to maintain faith during the mundane routines of life. Meaning, every day, Monday through Friday, not just when it's fasting weeks or when it's miracle night, but when you need to have faith for every moment of your life. Then we looked at Noah, how to maintain faith when the world mocks and the floodwaters rise. That means in the midst of an unpopular environment, believing God and being a lone voice while everyone else says no, sleeping together before marriage is not a problem. Let me come this side. <laughs> Amen? Your faith will have an effect on your lifestyle. This is why the heathen mock the church. Because many believers have put on the label to say, I'm a Christian. And then they have no problem living a promiscuous life or stealing from their boss. I'm telling you that there will be a wake-up call for those who play church. You are able, great and mighty God. Put my trust in you. You are able. And tonight, is he not able to keep you on the right path? Lord, you don't know what it's like. It's a hard life. Mm -mm. Surrender your life to Jesus. Abraham and Sarah, how to maintain faith when the promises of God seem impossible. We saw how Abraham and Sarah passed the point of childbirth. It was literally impossible. But tell your neighbor, impossible is nothing in the presence of God. Where are the old blacks? It's not a rugby church. You must come to a point where your walk with God is supernatural. Otherwise, ask a question whether it's a real walk with God. You must come to a point where your life is challenged. To the point where you cannot go further without Jesus. If your dreams for your future are able to be fulfilled without God in them. They are not God's dreams for you. They are your own selfish dreams. And you are hoping that God will be your butler. On the process of you fulfilling your own agenda. And every prayer is an a bossing around of your divine butler. Lord, I told you last year that this year was my time for what, what, what. Lord, I, I told you, let me just remind you, Lord. Don't say Lord. And one of the chapters in the one-to-one -one discipleship booklet is Lordship. Where we have to teach people that come from the world where they were Lord of their lives where they were sitting on the seat of their lives, that now you no longer have control of your own life. Jesus is Lord. We come here to the altar for salvation and we say, Lord, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Do you know what it means to have a Lord? Do you know what it means to have a Lord? And this is only a symptom of our religious upbringing. 
been in church so long that we've become familiar with the Lord. And they say familiarity breeds contempt. And this morning, we're going to be looking at Moses. Moses, how to maintain great faith when the world system is trying to press you into its mold. Every single day, every single day is God's day. Every single day is God's day. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, I was in grade four in primary school. I, I had a discussion with this teacher. He was the only one that lifts his hands during worship at the assembly. All the other teachers sing normally. He <laughs> was a charismatic one. He was leading the church meetings. And we lived right next to the school. So I would be hanging out at the school. There was a swimming pool and all of that. And one time he asked me, do you know Jesus? Now I grew up in a pastor's house. If anyone knows Jesus, it is me. And he started telling me about being born again. About putting my faith personally in Christ. Not just about being confirmed and baptized because my parents, what, what, what. No, you personally beginning to realize that my sins, my sins are an offense to God. And I will have to face him one day personally without my mother and my father and my siblings. And I started to hunger for forgiveness, hunger for righteousness. And that night I went home. I took a shower. My sisters were watching television. I went to my room, closed the door. I opened the curtains. I kneeled and I looked into heaven. <laughs> this is true story now. I still remember the pajamas I was wearing, those green ones. And I said, God, I hear your voice. Come into my life. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And then I stood up. I went to watch television. Boom, something changed. The very next day, I wanted to read the Bible all the time, 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 all the time. The swear words of my friends became offensive to me. Their dirty jokes became offensive to me. Something changed on the inside. And, but it was only in grade 11 that I heard about the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that time, it was controversial for me to go and get baptized in the Holy Spirit because there was a, a different doctrine from where I was coming from, if I can put it that way. Godfrey. And so I realized that baptism is not just sprinkling as a baby. Baptism is you repent of your sins. How can a baby repent? You repent of your sins, and as a show of your faith, you go to the waters. How can a baby do that? You go to the waters and you are immersed. You participate in the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And then they laid hands on me. I started to speak in this other language. Very next week, I'm preaching all over school. Why? Baptism of the Holy Spirit will make you offensively bold for Christ. In your family, they used to like you because you are a nice Christian. You have good behavior. Now you are preaching, preaching, preaching all the time. Because the Holy Spirit is taking over your life now. 
Are we looking at Moses this morning? And Moses was a man that God picked. And from his birth, there was something very unique and special about him. Let's go there to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict or the king's order. And by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach or the shame of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. And Egypt at that time was a superpower in the world. Imagine you are prince of Egypt. Everything you desire you can have. For he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Three things this morning. Great faith recognizes greatness. And this greatness is a greatness that surpasses earthly greatness. Then secondly, great faith takes great risks. Tell your neighbor, great risks. If you're not taking a risk, it's not faith. <laughs> Number three, great faith brings great rewards. So the scripture says that the parents of Moses recognized that he was beautiful. And Elder Nelson was preaching the first service and he was saying, is, is this just like a cuteness? We saw Bronwyn's baby here. Is it just like Moses was cute. And so because he was cute and beautiful, therefore God picked him. But that beauty there, if you look at the Hebrew word, is the same word that is used for when God says, and it was very good after he created the lights. Genesis 1. So there is a light in Moses' life. And in each of our lives, there is a light. Whenever God does something, he does something with purpose. So your life is not meaningless. Your life has meaning beyond the value that has been attributed to you because of which school you went to, what kind of friends you have, or which household you come from. There is value in your life that is way beyond that. And the Bible says that his parents perceive that this is a special child. And because they perceived that greatness in him, they were willing to take a risk. And what they did is they preserved him. They kept him for three months. The other scriptures that also relate this is in Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. It says, now a man from the house of Levi went and took his wife, a Levite woman, and the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she, and when she saw... That the child was a fine child, she hid him three months. Acts 7 verse 20 says, at the time Moses was born, and he was a beautiful, he was beautiful in God's sight, and he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And then Hebrews. So all of them begin to relate this 
passage that there was something in Moses' life. Until you realize that something special, that there's something special about your life, you will live a life of worthlessness. And in our society, our fatherless society, <laughs> in our current fatherless society, where fathers are on the side of the road, and it's getting worse, the definition of value is being lost. And fathers are the ones that tend to dictate and say, you are like this, you are like this, and bring that definition on a child's life. And the heavenly father is interested in bringing that sense of you being special over your life. Many times we talk and we say, oh, I'm not really a special person, you know. Who told you that? Because if you have no sense of being special, you will not stay away from certain things. Because you are just common. How many of you, if there was a bride with her dress that she's going to wear on Saturday, she dressed it today and came to church. How many of you understand how she will walk? If it's a white dress, very carefully. Not to tear it, not to dirty it, nothing. But if the thing is already dirty, what will she do? Doesn't matter. And many of us, the enemy has caused a defiling from when you were young. So that you disqualify yourself. When it comes time for God to say, now it's time for a special work for you, you will say, no, Lord. God is highlighting that it doesn't matter how young you are. doesn't matter whether you are a man or a woman. That there's something special about your life. If no one has told you this, the 25 years that you've lived, the 40 years that you've lived, the 60 years that you've lived, I'm telling you today that there is something unique in your life. There is no one like you on the planet. There will never ever be someone like you. From a genetics point of view, your fingerprint is unique. It says there will no one, no, how do I say this? <laughs> there will be no one else like you. You are an original of original coming from the mind of God for a special purpose. And when you begin to discover that, you live differently. You live differently. Amen. And for some of us who are parents here, please treat your children like that. Let them know. Not that because of that now you'll be spoiled. Uh-uh. Because of that, you must be disciplined. You can't watch everything like other children watch. You can't just eat what other children eat. You can't just hang out with any friends. You are special, child of God. Amen? Family, I'm telling you. These words, they are what begin to chart the course of a society. But many parents and many children have had curses over their lives. You are useless. You'll never amount to anything. How can you? Wow, 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 wow. Arrows of destruction. So the first thing is you need to recognize greatness. The Hebrews, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And in order for God to raise up a deliverer to bring slaves out of the greatest empire, he couldn't just have Moses grow up in a slave house. 
Do you know why you are in church? You are being prepared in the house of God. Your special purpose that God has for your life cannot be prepared outside in Satan's house. You have to be groomed in the house of God. And what happened was that Moses, after his parents realized that he's special, they kept him and then afterwards they put him in the waters. So that the princess could find this child. And the princess also seemed to have recognized that there's something special about this one. After that, he was raised in the house of the Pharaoh. Learning the languages of the Pharaoh, the intelligence, the culture, the history, the science, the architecture. Being prepared to rule. I wonder if you were Aaron and Miriam, you would have said, I am. <laughs> Why couldn't it be me also? But every single one of you have an opportunity to be tutored by the Holy Spirit. Not just by pastors and leaders, by the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit of God will, will begin to... My brother, Julia is not here. That the Holy Spirit will begin to take you by the hand. And begin to lead you and show you this is how life works. This is what I want you to do. This is what they say. But this is what it actually means. Lord, what about this and that? No, it works like that and like that. No, but society is saying this and that. No, look at my word. Day in, day out, you are being raised. Because of a purpose. Amen? Be seated. And this is why we believe in discipleship. We believe you need to be trained. It can't just be let the guy go like the water and end up in God's purpose. It will not happen. How many parents are here today? I'm talking a lot about parenting type of things. I remember in, in our household, my mother would wake us up every morning, 5 o'clock, even in the holiday. I mean, even in the holiday, you, you can't take time out. Let's wake up at 9. No, 5 o'clock. To do what? To sing songs, to memorize scripture, to pray to God every time. And we would persecute her. <laughs> what kind of mother? <laughs> today, there are scriptures that are coming out. What I'm doing today is not because of Bible school. It's because of my mother's training. Amen. Because God sees the end from the beginning. And when you begin to recognize that there's something special in your life, God begins to put you on his training program. Then next, great faith takes great risks. Moses' parents to keep that baby was a great risk. They risked their lives to see greatness fulfilled. The Bible says that, no temptation has befallen you, except which is common to men. And in your temptation, God will always make out a way of escape so that you may be able to stand under it. And then it says, thus far, you have not even resisted temptation to the point of bloodshed. How many of you in your resisting temptation, you have bled? No. And many times we have been trained by the enemy. And you say, no, the enemy has not trained me. I've never seen him. He's never visited my house. He wasn't at my hostel. 
what did you watch? What films have you been watching from when you were young? What books have you been reading? What friendships have you been keeping? <laughs> Some of us, we are highly trained in the enemy's ways with scriptures. <laughs> Amen? Because that devil knows scripture. It takes great risk for us to be able to walk by faith. But it's only risky from our perspective. If you consider what the Bible says, that when God was speaking to Abraham, he told him, Abraham, this is my promise to you. But just so that you've got enough assurance in your heart, I will swear. I will, I will swear <laughs> that I will do it. Not only will I swear, but I must swear by someone's name. Men usually swear and say, I'll swear by God. I swear. And he said, but there's no one higher than me. So I will swear on my own name. By God. <laughs> Abraham, I will surely bless you. Why? So that we have an assurance that is unshakable. When we are walking with God and we are saying have faith in God. It means that you have an assurance which is better than anything that you could call risky. Amen? And the Bible says that Moses also had to take risks. Because he began to realize that, no, but I'm in the palace and my people are slaves. I cannot be here in comfort. I cannot be here in comfort while others are slaves. Therefore, let me climb out from this and let me begin to engage my people. He started taking things into his own hands. And this is what happens when you don't have an encounter with God. Your whole life is humanistic. If you don't serve God, you will serve human beings. If you don't serve the creator, you will serve the created things. If you don't even get to serve human beings, you will serve the cow, the moose, the rat, and all sorts of other beasts. It says they exchange the glory of God, which is the ability to worship and fellowship with Almighty for worshiping wood and stone and birds and pigs. And so now, Moses is at the place where he wants to take things into his own hand. He kills an Egyptian in a fight, and then he runs away. He runs away thinking, I'm leaving this behind, marries a wife in the desert. And then after 40 years in the desert, God meets him at the burning bush. God meets him at the burning bush. And it says that he was busy taking care of sheep. And in the middle of his journey, taking care of sheep. One, two. He sees a bush that is burning, but it's not burning up. Now Moses is raised. Moses is raised in Egypt. That's our God's. He is raised in a place where there are many gods. And so God appears to him in a bush that is not burning up. And he says, what is this? And God always seeks to encounter you so that he unlocks your destiny through his ability. 
Not because you are well studied and well qualified and well talented. But because God has to use his ability to fulfill his plan in your life. And the Bible says that as Moses approached, God spoke to him from the bush. Imagine this. And God spoke to him and said, Moses, stop. Take off your shoes for the ground on which you stand is holy ground. And he began to ask God, who are you? I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have heard the cry of my people. I want to send you to go and deliver them. And Moses begins to consider, I know Egypt. A one man will be killed at the gate. You see the risk? You are talking to a burning bush. <laughs> and you don't realize that there's enough power here to destroy an empire. And Moses begins to narrate to God, no God, I can't speak well. Go oh God, I And God says, who is it that created the mouth? Who is it that created the ear? Was it not I? Now go! How many times are we explaining to God, oh Lord, I know that you want me to believe you for this and that, but you haven't considered, Lord, let me just put out a PowerPoint. Lord, you see this graph here? It's going down, not up. Don't you understand? I can't go there. And God says, who is it? Who is it that made that mouth that is speaking foolishness right now? <laughs> uh, Lord, I'm too young. Lord, I'm too old. Lord, I'm too a woman. I'm too feminine. Lord, I'm a woman, but I'm too masculine. Lord, I'm a man. I'm too feminine. Wow, 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 And God is saying, Moses, I will be with you. Then he says, okay, you know Aaron, your brother? He'll speak. You go. What do you have in your hand? A stick. Okay, we'll use that stick. And Moses goes. On the way there, he has an encounter with God. We, we don't have time to go into it. He almost dies. When you are dealing with God, please be careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful. God is not to be mocked. You are dealing with a consuming fire. He loves you, but be careful. Amen. And so Moses goes, and he comes to Egypt, and he says, Ramesses, God said you must let these people go. And Ramesses says, which God? Ra, the sun God. Anunken, who, who, who? Who is this God? I don't know him. <laughs> I will not let your people go. In fact, you guys are, you are, you, you have too much time. <laughs> that is why you are coming with these stories. Put more work. Put more work. They mustn't get their straw supplied. They must get the straw and make the bricks as well. The people were upset. Moses, you should have stayed there. Our work hours were eight hours a week. <laughs> now <laughs> it's been multiplied to 45 because of your God. And Moses said, who must I say is uh, sending me? They said, no, I am. Tell them I am. <laughs> 
<laughs> and many times you will tell God, no, Lord, it won't work like that. Let's do it like this. Don't be wiser than God's foolishness. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. Amen? There are some of us here this morning. God has been speaking to you. There's destiny on, on the threshold. And you are supposed to take actions. But you have been advising God. And you have been telling him how he doesn't understand and all of that and stuff. And God is, is being patient with you. Now this morning through an audible voice, he is speaking to you and saying, stop that nonsense. Stop that nonsense. Like he said to Job, who is this who darkens counsel with words, empty words without wisdom? Do you know where darkness dwells? Do you know who Leviathan is? Were you there when I put the stars in place? And then he said, okay, Lord, I've seen the Lord. I abhorred. I abhor myself because I know who I'm dealing with. The last one. Faith in God brings great rewards. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and run the race which is set before you. I'm telling you, this thing of I backslide 25 times and all of that, it doesn't mean that you won't have struggles in your walk with God. How many of you have seen a little baby who is between the age of one and two learning to walk? Yeah? If he falls, do you call that backsliding? Oh, this baby is backsliding. <laughs> huh? Come on, boy. <laughs> Come on, boy, before we excommunicate you. That's not backsliding. That's growing. Yeah? And some of us have not even tried anything for God because we are afraid that we will stumble and fall. And when we stumble and fall, we will call it backsliding. No! As long as you are in the house of the Father, you are being raised, you are being trained, you are being built up, you are being encouraged. Every step that you take, when you fail, you learn from it. And you are beginning to grow in the things of God. Amen? And so it is critical, I'm telling you, today I have to preach to you, church. Because there are voices out there that tell you that God is dead. This God thing is old-fashioned. This God thing is just a bunch of words. And all. I'm telling you, every man will give account. Every man, every woman will give an account before the almighty God. By the time Jesus returns, many will be shocked. Many will be shocked and they'll say, no, but you didn't give me enough warning. Hear your warning this morning. Hear your warning this morning. Every man has an opportunity to come to Christ. But the one who does not believe is already condemned. Amen. And so this morning, recognize in your heart that there's something special about you. Don't just let guys take you for a ride, woman. Guys, don't just let any girl take you for a ride. Amen? You are special to God. Then take great strides of faith. Take a risk. But when you're going to take a risk, hear from God first. Have your encounter. This is why we say on Mondays, come and fast and pray with us. Why? You are telling your whole body. That I'm on another path. Set yourself time in the word of God. Set yourself when you are coming to church. It's a special time. It's not just my tradition. When you are at Connect, it's a special time. You are being built up. Every part of you being built up in the things of God. Because you are on your way somewhere. 
And then it will bring great, great rewards. For you, for your children, and for your children's children. Amen? For me, when I was in high school, I wasn't thinking I'm going to become a pastor one day. I was probably going to go into politics and things like that. Engineering, medicine. And God started speaking to me concerning the fact that, yes, you do your work, but there is one mission which everyone must participate in. And that is a mission of saving souls. I had a dream in the night. I was running out of a concentration camp full of fires, running out. And I came to the threshold on the wall, and there was a, a hole in the wall. I climbed through, and I was like, yeah, I'm free. And a voice said, and what about the others? And some of you, you are all too happy. I'm saved. I'm free. Things are well for me. Others might just footsack. You might not say it like that, but it's the way that you feel in your heart. Otherwise, your life would have been saying something else. And this morning, it's not just a warm message, warm, warm message like, mm, praise God. <laughs> Change your life today. This is why we preach. Let there be a change. Let these words go with you home. And say, why do I live the way that I do? What am I doing with my money? What am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my talents? What am I doing with my resources? What is the, the focus? Where is Jesus in my order of priority? Who sits on the throne of my heart? Who am I afraid of? Who am I pleasing in this world? Amen? Tell your neighbor you are special. Start to believe it today. We can stand. Right where you are, let's just begin to pray. Ask God to show you. Ask God to begin to show you what he has for your life. This morning we are here in the presence of Almighty God. Father, speak to us, Lord. Every single one of us, Lord. Let us begin to realize that there's a purpose. Just like Moses, there's a purpose on our lives. As Jesus died on the cross to set us free so that we can set others free, Lord. So that we can be a light in the darkness. Some of you this morning, you need to, to bring out idols. Idols that you have packed in the deepest corners of your heart. You need to put them away. And say, Lord, this thing has been my excuse from serving you. I'm setting it aside this morning. Lord, my family has been my excuse. Lord, my money has been my excuse. Lord, my personality has been my excuse. Lord, my handicap has been my... my oh, I'm disabled in whichever way I stutter. What it, whatever it is, this morning... Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, but I will be with you. You are not alone. I will be with you. I will be with you. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, there's somebody here. You're about to lose your job. 
and you are anxious to the point where you wake up in the middle of the night and you're having nightmares and I believe God is saying this morning that I'm holding your hand do not fear do not fear do not fear I will make a way where there seems to be no way I will make a way where there seems to be no way. I will open a door that no one can shut and I will shut the doors that no one can open. It doesn't matter what, uh, if a thousand fall at your right hand, ten thousand all around you, you are special to me, says the Spirit of God. You are special to me. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is here this morning. Father, I pray that you touch your people, transform their lives, Lord God. We break every bondage of religious, religion, Lord, that has been keeping people in a rat race spiritually, Lord God. Keeping them away from relationship with Jesus. It breaks this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we release grace, Lord, for intimacy with Almighty God. Father, we pray for encounters in the night. We pray for encounters at home, Lord. Visitations, Lord God, that shake up our lives and say, now Jesus leads my life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Jesus name. I want to pray for you. If you're here, you are not born again. You haven't given your life to Christ. There's not much time. So I just want to give you an invitation. If you are here this morning, you have not given your life to Christ, but you are, you hear the Holy Spirit calling you and saying you need to give your life to Christ. You need to make things right with God. If you are here, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you where you are, where you are. Is there anyone like that this morning? Is there anyone like that this morning? You need to make your life right with God. You need to give your life to Christ this morning. Right. See us after the service if that's you. But don't delay. The word of God says today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And I pray also for students. You failed this year. You failed last year. And you are also anxious. God is restoring your life, don't be afraid, is able to change your story into a testimony. Don't be afraid. The Lord your God is with you. It doesn't matter. He is with the youth. Even youth grow weary. But they that wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like eagles. Like eagles. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift your hand, receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you. May He cause your harvest to come early. If you are a farmer, may rains come on your lands in Jesus' name. If you have children, may your children be so blessed and visited by angels. If, if you have financial issues, may your money begin to multiply. May God give you ideas beyond, beyond what you can bear. May If you have debts that are strangling you, may somebody pay off your debts. May somebody come and cancel your debts. In the mighty name of Jesus. And may you be blessed in your relationship with God. In Jesus' name and all God's people shout amen. 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 Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.